0: Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode oh, of Downtime with Downstar, episode 175. <laughs> and today we're here with my guy RC from RC's Garage. RC, what's up, bro? <laughs> what's up, man? <laughs> I just broke my little, uh, my little ring. Yeah. What is it called? The the uh, the thing that says action.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing I can think. I just, I'm not sure what the correct. I don't know what it's called either. It's but called, if you guys exactly. can see on
0: camera, this thing I smashed it too hard and just fell apart. But you're right. If I would have just it would have probably made the same exact noise. If you would have just did
1: it like a normal person.
0: I'm trying not, to show you know, off though. Yeah, That's yeah, why, definitely. dude. <laughs> it's like you're you're a different type of human than me, dog. You're you're like more evolution wise, dude. Like, watch, look at our wrists together. <laughs> <laughs> You're a different human, bro. So I'm trying to show oh, off. I'm trying to get on your level. A little baby dude. wrist. Yeah, dude. It's all right. RC, what's up, brother? John? Dude, so uh, we haven't had you on the podcast for about 170
1: episodes. <laughs> I know, right? That's crazy.
0: <laughs> it like, feels like forever ago, too. It does, it's, it's huh? Crazy. Yeah, it does, dude. That was about shit, 2000, 2018, probably September. Or it was for when you came for the meet in October. Uh, yeah, the 2018 Downstar May in October. Yeah,
1: you can't. Even, I could never even tell you. I have no idea when that would have been.
0: Yeah, and that episode was extremely unproductive because we were just trying to figure out how to get donuts.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Still getting feet wet in that thing, trying to figure it out.
0: That shit is funny. But I'm glad to have you here, man. Well, so yeah, um... I
1: expect the same kind of conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so uh rc's garage man you've uh, you've really made a difference here in the honda community in the last 10 years a little bit a little bit dude some people like to think that i think so man i remember um we were just going over a list of your old builds um i remember seeing your first white eg with the orange valve cover at IBOC two thousand and nine. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. Two thousand and nine, dude. That was eleven years ago,
1: bro. Yeah, and that was when I first had um I had the Ramhorn manifold on it. Yeah. So and that was when it was just super basic and right after we just built it in the backyard. So, you know. Yeah. I just got that, picked that car up for like a fun car to drive, um, from somebody local. I traded two other cars that I had for it and uh, it just uh snowballed into what it was. I mean, yeah. I was just trying to build a nice street car, you know what I mean? It just, a lot of people liked it, so. Yeah.
0: So when that car came out, I remember it was on, like, social media. And so, well, social media meaning, like, the forums and stuff before the meet. Where did you get your inspiration to, to build a car like that? Because when you came out, it was it was really surprising to see something of that, like, high quality for somebody that is really new to the community.
1: Yeah, at the time, um, I'm not really, I don't really remember exactly where I was finding different stuff or like different inspiration for the car, um, except for the fact that I had other friends that had turbo cars. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the eventually, when I ended up doing the up pipes on it, that did come from my buddy Raul because he at the time had a EG with up pipes and it was like like a pretty new thing yeah. for like the race cars, street cars, or whatever. And there wasn't any street cars running up pipes. And so, I just liked the look of it. I didn't really care. And I never ran a hood on that car. Like nobody ever saw me with a hood on. It and I just, I just liked the look of the engine bay. Like I drive my car, like looking in my engine bay and just <laughs> love seeing flames coming out of the up pipes and stuff. You know what I mean? So I just really dug how that was. So, yeah. um, I started doing that and people were just always like, you know, thought it was crazy that I was driving around with no hood and up pipes on my car and, uh, it was just fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but when I first built that car, just in the backyard, uh, just like when the Tuck radio came around, that was like when it just first, like people started doing it. And, um, like, uh, I think I saw Derek from all in fab. I don't remember where I saw him exactly. Maybe form NWP or something. I don't yeah. remember which one it was nowadays. Um, but I just happened to be up in the Oregon area and I uh, hit him up or whatever. And I met him and, um, I wanna get a radiator for my car and I was doing I plan to do the top mount setup and everything so um I wanted to try that out because it was new, you know what I mean? So yeah. I ended up ordering one from him and uh I don't remember which IBOC it was exactly, you know, which order that actually came out with that radiator, but me and Mikey phase two Mikey came out with tucked radiators at the same time, um roughly and uh it was just I don't know, man. All that time was crazy with that car and, like, all the different stuff I was doing with it. So, um, it was just cool to build in my backyard, do all the body work in the engine bay in my backyard, paint the engine bay in my backyard, and then eventually the car got painted in a booth. You know what I mean? And orange has been my favorite color. Like, people have heard me talk about my 68 Charger repeatedly, and that car was orange. And then my first CRX after that was orange, and, like, orange is just my favorite color. So, and white, also white's my favorite color on the car, yeah. and then orange is, like, the favorite, like, accent color, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, So yeah, yeah. I don't think I could ever own an orange car. I love orange, but to me, it's just it would be too much for me to own an orange car, even though I had a 68 Charger and a CRX. Like, I've already done that nowadays. Yeah. White's my thing, and orange as accessory color is, like, what I like. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Hell yeah. But uh, it just always looked good, man. For me, for my eyes, looking at the engine bay orange on a white car just like just grabs the attention the eyes and just like wants you to look for more you know yeah I and mean? so
0: yeah so that was um that was the first time that i kind of uh recognized the skill that you had was when you brought that car down and then it it just seemed like every year or every other year you were coming out with a build and um before we get on to those other builds uh you're from arizona yeah. from phoenix so how were you tapped into the honda community were you on uh nwp honda tech or was it more of a arizona thing
1: yeah it was azht.net um that was like our main stomping ground for anybody in the hondas in arizona like azht was it like if you're on gotcha. hondas you're on azht like no matter who you were so Um, And that was just our main thing. So, and then a lot of people would go on um, Honda Tech or NWP, but I wasn't much on Honda Tech or NWP unless Honda Tech mainly was if I was looking for like write-ups on how to do stuff because at the time I had my CRX and I was like, you know, I'd want to put like a 2000 SI cluster in my CRX or something and there'd be a write-up on there saying how to do that. You know what I mean? So stuff like that and like just, you know, a lot of the stuff I learned was just from looking at Honda Tech or, you know, not so much Google at the time. But yeah. now more nowadays, you could just get on Google and find anything you want. So, but, um, yeah.
0: So, AZHT, um, what, what even got you into Hondas? You know, you say you come from the Charger. Like, what made you switch uh, over to Hondas?
1: Just way back in the day, man, just being young, um, I rode in this dude's car he had a CRX and I used to just hang out at the bowling alley when I was younger before I could even drive. So, um, he just, he had a CRX and they were going out one night and just driving around and just doing stupid shit. And he actually rear ended his buddy. I don't even remember what kind of car his buddy had now, but this dude had a white CRX. It was an HF and, uh, when we got an accident, when we were rearing his buddy, like my knee smashed to be like the dash little vent though. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was like, and then after that I was like, you know, I just loved the car that night. Cause we we're just like flying around in it and it was like uh. light and quick. And you know, I was just like, you know, stoked about the car. So after that, my older brother's buddy, um, Tommy, he had a little 88 HF CRX with like a built B20 VTEC from a shop called import powerhouse out in Phoenix. And, um, They've been around forever, man. They've been building like their their reputation is really good in Phoenix. And they've been around forever. So, at the time, they're they built his B20 VTEC and um it went to like ten thousand RPM or something. Whoa! So, I think it was even yeah it's was probably about ten thousand RPM. Just it wrapped out crazy high and uh, he took me for riding the CRX when it had that motor in it and I don't remember what kind of power it made now, but I just remember the thing being insane at the time and I wanted that car and he. Ended up keeping that B20 VTEC, putting in another little red hatchback, like a 91SI or something. And uh, he put a B16 in that CRX, and I ended up buying that CRX room him for like $4,500. Gotcha.
0: That was like my first
1: entry into Honda.
0: But you come from the the low rider muscle car hot rod era?
1: Yeah, my dad's always been building... Or working on classic cars or muscle cars or any of that stuff, like, the whole time growing up, I wasn't really in the working on cars till I was, like, 14 or so, you know, when I was getting, like, closer yeah. to being able to drive, but, like, I was just always into sports, and when my dad's working on cars in the backyard, I wasn't really there so much, like, you know, trying to learn anything, you know, maybe trying to do more damage to the cars than anything, we like just yeah. told stories about, he was, like, trying to do body work on a on a truck or something one time and he was like hitting it with a hammer or whatever like trying to straighten out the metal a little bit and then like the next day or so like me and my brother were out there hitting the whole thing with hammer just like repeatedly like trying to do what he was doing you know what I mean so
0: oh shit pretty
1: pretty funny (laughs) so um yeah just I was more into sports when I was little so I just didn't get much into doing anything cars till I got older you know what I mean and like, once I got tired of riding bikes, because I got into, like, racing bikes and baseball was, like, my main thing. I did that for nine years, and then um I always weighed too much to play f- tackle football, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you have certain weight classes at, like, certain ages, and, like... I always just weighed too much to play tackle football. It wasn't until like seventh grade I actually played tackle football for the first time. So. For what,
0: varsity or what? <laughs> yeah, varsity, right?
1: <laughs> uh, it was like, um, I think it was called Junior Bantaman It had like a 170 pound weight limit at the time. I used to have to lose weight oh, every, every week. <laughs> every week just play football on fucking Saturday, you know what I mean? So, damn, man, scriminating against little fat kids all over the world. <laughs> so, it was a struggle for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man, and then so I didn't get into working on cars till later, and uh, basically when me and my dad built my charger, he picked that thing up for, like, he was working out here in California, um, Riverside area, Um, and, like, one of the guys that he worked with had the charger, and it was his boys, and, like, his boy didn't want anything to do with it, like, he just had no interest in building it or whatever, so he sold it to my dad for $400. Yeah. So that's a fucking come up. You ain't gonna find a sixty-eight charger for four hundred dollars anywhere. And it was running with three eighteen all original. Fuck? So yeah, shit crazy, bro. You can't find that yeah, shit. Yeah, more at the junkyard, dude. Bro, you just you ain't gonna find a sixty-eight charger for four hundred dollars anywhere. So wow. it's just out of the question. It's fucking and now it just it's gone. Like yeah. you know, the me when me and my dad built that thing, um, basically there's like a company called Paddock, and like they have a bunch of like uh aftermarket stuff you can buy for it they like restore oh, okay. muscle, muscle cars and stuff yeah. so basically we just like split the cost of everything for the car to rebuild it which at the time it only cost it's like 4 grand to rebuild the whole thing new vinyl top all new all new moldings all new stuff for the interior like the paint the material all that stuff like at the time it only cost us 4 grand Yeah, you know cash money to fucking do yeah. everything we did on this and then the labor so had like put new trunks in it because that's like the normal thing on chargers the behind the glass and then the trunk it rusted out so oh because it leaks right there right yeah replaced those panels and stuff and then uh basically i feel like i learned like to buy the new stuff just from my dad leading by example when we're building my charger you know got you he was showing me just to buy the new stuff instead of like trying to buy the used stuff and the reconditioning and stuff. Gotcha, it's just yeah. hard to find stuff for that. So when I did Hondas, when I started being able to actually go to the dealer and being able to afford buying moldings and all that stuff, that's just what I did. I went to the, instead of like, you know, trying to find stuff in the junkyard, I just went to the dealer and find out how much it would cost to get all the moldings, you know, 15 to two two grand or whatever. And yeah. I'd be like, all right, cool. You know, for what it looks like and how long it lasts that seems like a decent deal and so that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. i started
0: doing so yeah that's that's always been a, a dope way to do it man if you could do it like that you know um we were even talking about the ultima yesterday yeah, Ashley's Altima, yeah. and that's the idea i have for it. i'm just like dude if we paint this car do brand new moldings and everything you know brand new tires suspension and wheels like this car is going to look brand new you know and that's my mentality coming from like The Honda community is like you can make anything look good, you know, so that that's kind of um, just really that's a dope way to put it um, a spin on the build, you know, not just like to rebuild old parts or go to junkyards or, you know, around here we have like the Pomona Fairplex, like the, the super show kind of thing. Go there and look for parts.
1: Yeah, and I've been since I was little, I've been going to that Pomona Super Show. Oh, with really? My dad, you know, I've been at that car show so many times, freezing my ass off early in the morning. Bro. Five like, in the morning. Yeah, like just when they do like December, <laughs> October, whenever it is, it's just fucking so cold, bro. Like, I've, <laughs> I've been there thinking, oh man, I'm coming from Arizona, it's hot. And then you get there, and it's just like, you think you're going to be good in the cold, and then you, it's real fucking cold early in the morning there. So. <laughs> But, yeah, same thing, man. Light on the head going through everybody's shit early in the morning, man. It's, like, the best feeling when you're in the cars and you do that kind of shit. Your yeah. dad does that kind of shit, too. Like, you know, it's a good feeling to go do that.
0: Yeah. that I can definitely relate to that because that's when I, I first got started with the um my Chevelle. I had the Camaro before that, but the Chevelle was the one that I really, like, uh, started doing work on. Chevelle, right? Chevelle, yeah. It's a Chevelle, not a Nova. Not a Nova? Not a Nova. Yeah, it's weird. But... Uh, <laughs> Guys, if you Google Chevelle and Nova, they pretty much look like the same car. I I was in denial for so long, until everybody calls it a Nova, and I say it's a Chevelle, but it looks pretty much the same. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we would go to. It well,
1: uh, was funny that last night they argued about <laughs> that. You're like what'd you say? And I was just like, same thing. And you just, Oh, I just called it Nova. Yeah. You're like, it's like same thing. And then you Googled it. It was like, same thing.
0: <laughs> it didn't say that. I just said it. Cause I looked. the reason I don't like the Nova is because it's like way taller, dude. And it has like the stupid bar in the middle of the, the window, you know? But, uh, yeah, just going to the Pomona to the swap me was so tight, dude. But, um, Like you were saying about buying the parts brand new. Right around the block from here is uh, National Parts Depot. Okay. Yeah, like literally two-minute drive from here. So um, with the Chevelle, I could just go there and pick up whatever parts that I need for it. You know, carpet, dash, fucking seats, whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes it easier for those cars. You know, I feel like the carpet kits for the Hondas don't really, they're not,
0: I've never tried one before.
1: Oh, well, the carpet kits that come for, like, the older cars, they're usually fit, they usually fit pretty good, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then, like, uh, anything for the Honda is just fucking it's just whack. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's a huge opportunity in the future for a company to come out, such as, like, MPD or Summit or something like that, you know?
1: It's just more of, like, you know, how many pieces they got to get made versus how many people actually want to buy the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's also still a large amount of people out there that are okay with just having used reconditioned stuff, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? But there's just not more people that want to buy new stuff. Yeah. So I'm cool with reconditioning stuff when it comes to my own car, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll recondition you stuff all day and make it look good. So yeah, you know, it doesn't bother me.
0: I feel you. So after the, the white EG with the, the turbo EG with the orange valve cover, then you, uh, came out with another build. The uh, four-door EG, sort yep. of a grayer grayer color, K-series. You had the uh, turbo kit on that one as well, but this one you decided to go with a JDL kit, correct? Yeah. So how did you link up with JDL for this uh, this build?
1: Uh, well, I've just known Jesse for a long time, and uh, he actually did... He wasn't the one that did the ram horn on the hatchback he Mm -hmm. this dude garcia did the ram horn and then when it came time for the um, top mount with the precision turbo and the v the v-band setup and everything uh jesse did that and that was kind of like i didn't know where jesse went it was kind of like a weird time or whatever and uh he ended up selling his company and um moving out to what's that place called I don't remember what it's called right now, but mm-hmm. he moved out way further from where I was at and uh he w Fountain Hills, that's where he went. He moved out to Fountain Hills and um he was out in like a four thousand square foot shop out there and I just hadn't known where he went. Like we just lost connection for a little bit, but um he ended up building my top mount and everything for that and then when it came time to do the K Series stuff, I wanted to do the K Series stuff, so um the original manifold on that four-door was just the regular side mount, um, T3, 44-gate standard K-series yeah. side mount. And then uh he was like, yo, I want to try the wastegate priority manifold. I got an idea for it. And uh, then he ended up building that, and that's when we did that with, like, that chrome coating and everything. and just oh, yeah, looked, yeah, it looks yeah. super sick, so... Um, I think it, it got featured with the regular T3 manifold and it Mm. was kind of crusty looking, but, um, and then later on we went, we were just always switching turbo manifolds, but or turbo kits. Like I had a couple different turbo kits on my hatchback and then the four door had a couple different turbo kits. So, um, they just started out as wanting to be simple builds and then they ended up turning into being something a little crazier. So, um, my buddy David Haynes, he's one of my best friends. Um, we started building that car and he had gotten sick and uh, he couldn't build it anymore And so I continued to build it and then I ended up finishing it and that's wh- how it got to where it got So
0: got you now before we uh, get any further with the Y.E.G. Did you get featured or any publication with that? The
1: YEG Yes hashback. Yeah, that got in the Honda tuning um, When I first took that to Ibach um, I have a picture somewhere where I first met Rod Rez. Like, I didn't even know he was the chief editor yeah, yeah, Honda yeah Tuning or anything. I just thought he was just somebody there. You know, I didn't really know anybody at the time. So, when I rolled up, he just asked me for my paperwork to show that I, I paid for my mm-hmm. entry and stuff. And uh, later on, like after that, he found me on NWP, I think. Yeah, I was in NWP, and he asked me if I wanted to get featured for mm. Honda Tuning or whatever. And so that's how that whole thing went about you know what I mean so that was pretty tight feeling and um so that's how you know
0: so with that one you got featured and then what what kind of uh recognition did you see with the four door
1: um the four door it was just the recognition with that was like, uh, just more with like a lot of the four door community. Cause not a lot of people build four doors, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I saw a lot of recognition from people that are in the four doors and, um, I was never really in the four doors. My friend just like, you know, um, he got the car and he wanted to build it and, uh, it, I'd, I'd never, I've never been a fan of Forders. My first hatchback, my EG, I was never a fan of EGs, like, hatchbacks. Mm. I just don't fit in them, you know yeah. what I am mean? 6'2", 300 pounds. Like, I don't fit in them very well. So I was just never really a fan of them. And um, I don't know how. Those are the first two cars that I built that ended up on the cover. Yeah. And it just happens to be, like, some of my least favorite chassis, you know what I mean? And just for the fact that I don't fit in them, my head basically hits the roof, and it's just not it's not comfortable for me to have to roll out the car every single time. So, yeah. um, yeah, man, it was a good time though. It was, it was a cool car. Like we definitely did a lot of cool stuff on it. And, uh, I've always focused on engine bay and the, the turbo kits being the nicest part. So, yeah. Um, it was a good time while we had it.
0: So you had the four door and, um, started taking it to a bunch of shows, week fest, I and things like that. Did you start noticing that people were, um, were pointing out the, the the details that you were doing to it or were surprised with the things that you were doing to the build?
1: Yeah, and uh, Joey Lee was actually one of the people that, like, the most would, like, because, you know, he'd do his coverage, and then he would, like, be the person that would, like, the most point out, like, the details in the build gotcha. that I was doing, you know what I mean? I feel like that would, like, gain traction for people, like, to actually take more notice to the car because he was taking a lot of notice to the car, so... And, like, that dude, since, like, day one, pretty much, like, he's always been taking pictures of the cars I build, man. And, like, it's just been great because his photos yeah. are great, and I appreciate him. So, um, he's just a good dude, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely, man. I do remember that early on that um, there was a lot of your cars on the on the Chronicles, a lot of the detailed pictures of them. And, like, the unique things that you did to it that maybe a lot of people just wouldn't notice just from passing by, but I totally remember that when when the orange or when I always say the orange car, when the the white car with the orange valve cover came out and then the four door came out, then it was like, yo, this guy's really making moves and that's kind of where our friendship started uh started getting um was around when I mean we knew each other when you had the E G, but it was more about the four door around then.
1: Yeah, you remember when I hit, or I don't remember how we first started talking, but you remember the small conversations we were having about bolts and when I was, like, getting bolts from my EG? Uh,
0: not really. Mm. <laughs> Why, were you being mean or what? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't
1: being mean, but <laughs> I don't remember, because if you look at my EG and, like, the features I didn't have, you know, Downstar on, yeah. like I didn't have it on the car yet because that's when right when we started becoming homies and like i think you asked me like where i got my washers and i was like i just got from mace hardware or yeah and fucking uh it was just like small talk like that and then you're like well i don't remember what it was i think i offered to try to help you get bolts like bulk bolts and then you're just like no i'm good i got it and i was like all right cool man and then i just i just for that car that's the only way i knew and then when the did the four door that's when i started getting hardware from you you know yeah I mean? so We'd, like, established a friendship from that EG and, like, talking small talk about the bolts. I'm pretty sure you'd ask me about my washers because I just had the ones that would have fucked up the paint because... Yeah, the,
0: the version ones. That's what we have right now.
1: Yeah, and that's... When I originally got those, I just got those from Mason. I think that's how our conversation started or whatever. And then fucking... Uh, and then the four-door was on board. You know what I mean? So...
0: Yeah. So with the four door, we did a lot of downstar on that one. And then, um, come your next build, uh, we had a lot more on that one as well was the, uh, Jake Blackman, the EM1, the sport front, right? Sport yeah. front wheel drive build.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's when that car, you know, the, during that time, a lot of cars were like barely starting to hit eights and like, you know, getting going in that and Jake had, uh, just barely hit a high eight at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, he wanted to rebuild his car cause I, my shop was right next to his and I had built my EG and then the four door and he saw that and he wanted his car to look real good. You know what I mean? So, um, we started with that and, uh, ended up getting featured. It got shot in Vegas when we went out to a race for that. And then it just, you know, life happens. And at some point in time, the car got put on the back burner after gotcha. it got built you know for like you know getting rebuilt making it look all one color before yeah. it had like carbon fr- carbon front end and stuff and it was like the paint was kind of like dated and you know it was clean EM one super clean still like it was a clean race car but he just wanted it like freshened up and look nice and he had gotten uh the exo speed uh wide front end mm-hmm. like the it's like the extended one or whatever and we had to mold the pieces into the front bumper and stuff and um he just uh, wanted a show-looking race car. Yeah. So we did your bolts on everything pretty much on that. So, you know, the car looked real good. Yeah. And when it came out, it's just uh, that was probably – that was, I think, the only car that I didn't have on the cover was Jake Blackman's. And then when I did the rebuild on Michael Blank's hatchback, then mm-hmm. I don't think that one – yeah, that one wasn't on the cover. It was like a small picture at the top. Got you. Got you. So,
0: okay. So you had, so you did the work on Jake's car. Um, What was it like making that transition from going from building cars for yourself to taking on clients now?
1: Well, for me, it was like, uh, you know, most of the people that I did these cars for were pretty, I was, I was like pretty close to them, you know what I mean? And uh, I was just having fun doing it. And being in Arizona and doing this small Arizona car shows is just, it was like the same shit, different day and going to California. It was fun. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I wanted my friends to experience what I was experienced also. And, uh, I would just build people cars for <laughs> super like good deals. You know what I mean? And like, just to help yeah. be a part of it and like have them come out and be doing the same stuff I was doing. You know what I mean? Cause I love the shit. Like that time period went so fast to me, man. Like it was just, to me, going to car shows was just a good time. You know what I mean? Hanging out with the friends and, like, meeting different people was just a good time. And, like, yeah. if people wanted to build something, you know, I was down to do it and help them do it, you know, and give them good deals on all their parts and, you know, do a lot of the work or whatever, or do all the work. So, you know, it was just a good time. And traveling out, out of town all the time, it just, you know, there's just so many car shows every month or whatever, and, like, trying to hit them all. And just enjoying it and going yeah. to different cities and stuff, bro. It just became a blur, like the time just went by so fast, you know. So, this is crazy,
0: yeah. It seems like you got a taste of that with Jake's car, and then when you went to the um, to the Mugen 24 karat uh, the DC2, the red one with all the gold accents, that seems like when you ramped it up a lot,
1: yeah. Jake's car actually, before like I was before I even got in the show car stuff, like Jake's car. I used to travel with Jake's race car, helping him at races. We used to always go to races. And, uh, you know, so before the show stuff was even a thought, I used to go with Jake Blackman to races. We used to drive out to like Vegas or, you know, Sacramento was Sac town, probably Sacramento for races and stuff. So, and then I got the show cars and then that's when I was going to shows. And then Jake saw me doing that. And then he wanted me to build his car. And then that's when I did that. And then after that, I did that, the 24 K, the, Integra
0: which was uh, kind of a big deal in the Honda community when that car came out You know, uh, we were pretty familiar with dipping parts and there was some some cars that had some gold accents But it seems like with this Integra came out with all the gold accents that you did on it that this was kind of like uh, Stepping stepping it up a little bit, you know putting the bar a little higher
1: yeah, and uh When I started building that car, you know, I wasn't the first to do it or anything. There's other people that did it. And um, I just, when it came to doing the whole build, I wanted gold to mix with the red and black, like, all evenly throughout the whole car. I just didn't want, like, a couple of 24K pieces, like, here and there. Yeah. I wanted it all to be incorporated with the whole build so it looked right throughout the whole thing. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah, definitely.
1: That's how that really, like came about and all the pieces being that were gold how they end up being gold, you know what I mean? Because I wanted the whole car to have like the even amount throughout the whole thing. So
0: So when you're when you get these clients, um, is it basically like they're just telling you an idea what they have and then you just you just uh, make that reality come to life or how how do you how do you like it?
1: Just more of like a collab. Like they usually ask. They usually want my opinion Mm -hmm. on what I'm, what I would think would look best or whatever. And then they would show me parts, and then I would just tell them based on my opinion if I like the parts or not. And here's why. You know what I mean. And then I'd always give them what I would think would look best. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean. So that's kind of just you know just collabing basically together on what we think would be the best.
0: Yeah. So with the Integra build, how much of that was uh, your idea, how he wanted the layout and the scheme and everything to look?
1: Uh, it's really going back, trying to remember, you know, the whole build on it. Yeah. But it was already, the car was already purchased red. Mm-hmm. So, and it already had a Mugen kit. So it was already like a Mugen theme was already the I got. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And uh, I kind of... I introduced the idea of gold into it and then like just laid out what I would think would look good and then just from there I'd be like, Oh yeah, maybe we could get this gold dipped or maybe we could get this gold dipped and you know, it would be like, How about this brake kit? Can we get this brake kit to work? I'd be like, you know, probably we can and then he purchased the that Mugen big brake kit and we got in and it didn't quite work and we had to get custom uh rotors made for it and then to get the whole setup to work and um, you know, just basically collabing on the whole thing got you, know, you. trying okay. to fucking get the best of what we can on the car and what we think is going to look the best so
0: with this build, did you notice uh, a lot more recognition with this one
1: yeah that one got a lot of recognition for sure just because we took that um, <laughs> my bad you're right we took that the to week fest uh up there in san fran and yeah. um we did we went oh, oh so sick did like a little video with me and the homie Marin, and then my homie Damien, who passed away last year. Um, that shit just. Uh, sorry. Damien's fucking cool ass, dude. That's all good, bro. Um, we took that out there, and he just. Uh, that car just did good out there. I don't remember what it won at the time. But yeah you know it did good so
0: yeah i remember that car at um a bunch of shows when it was coming out that it was um it was really popular man and it, when that car was being built finished build going to shows it was hard to even see uh a coverage of any sort of event without seeing that car pop up you know it was it was something that that was really different and that uh i feel that really showed the skills that you had. Yeah. You know?
1: So, yeah, I just try to keep that car as clean as possible, man. Everywhere that I went, like, I wanted, whenever people were taking pictures of it, I wanted to make sure, like, every angle that they were taking pictures, there was no bad angles. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So, and the gold just looked so good with the red. And yeah. Just how it chopped everything up. Like, I never wanted anything to be, like, you know, like a black bracket with a black washer than, like, a you know, whatever color bolt I use with it. Like, it always had to be, like, black, gold, silver, or, like, red, black, gold. You know what I mean? Like, the colors, they couldn't ever overlap on each other and be the same color. Like, it always had to be broke up. So, in my opinion, that makes people's eyes, like, keep looking at different areas of the bay because it always gives them, like, something different to look at in detail. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even when it comes down to, like, all the plumbing and everything on the car and how I route it, like... I'll route it like a couple different times before I come to like a final like decision on how I want it to route it with like how they sit on top of each other and like the, the direction they go yeah. and like what visually in my eyes looks the best. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's worked. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it keeps people looking at the bay and keeps people coming back, looking at the bays that I do. So,
0: well, that brings me to the, uh, the next build and. In- this in my eyes would be probably the, the most impactful build that you have done to this date, uh, which would be um the the RCG EM one, the the blue EM one that you did for Mike S. I.
1: Yeah. They both did uh pretty good. So they just um when we built Chase car like it wasn't like sure When certain stuff was done, like when the paint was done, I wasn't involved when the paint was getting done originally on the body. Like Terry was doing that separately with the guy that originally owned the car. And uh, there was supposed to be carpet originally in that build. So after the car was already painted, it was like made a decision to paint the floor and stuff. Mm. So different stuff was done in like certain sections on that car. Well, when we did Mike's car, we wanted to make sure everything was done all at once. So it wasn't like an afterthought because in my head it bothers me that it seems like an afterthought when i'm building a car and like something's decided to be done after the fact that like paint's already done you know yeah yeah you decided to paint another section so a mike's car from the decision like from the beginning paint the whole interior so Mm -hmm. from the start that whole thing was like you know decided to bodywork different holes in the inside that we weren't going to use and make it as clean as possible and that we weren't going to run any panels in it. So just from the beginning of that build, we knew it was going to get the whole interior is going to get painted. So that's just how we approach the whole thing from the start. So,
0: yeah. And you can definitely tell, man, it looks like every inch of that car has been touched.
1: Yeah, definitely. Every inch was touched on that car. Like it's just, that thing was a lot of work, man. And like that thing was just, uh, came out pretty nice. So,
0: so coming off of all the, uh, the other four builds, that you did when you started doing Mike Mike's SI. Did you feel like this was something that you had to um, compete? These chairs, bro. Dude, they, they, they switch however you wanted to They're go, bro. You're not
1: friendly though. I go try to adjust myself, and this chair like breaks out this way, <laughs> and this thing slides out that way, bro. Thanks, man. Did
0: you <laughs> leave my fucking chair alone? All right, bro. My bad. Did you feel like you had to um, compete with yourself? To to build a a better car than all the other cars that you build.
1: Um, sorry. With re- Mike SI's ice car, I re- wasn't paying attention right there. For I'm thinking about my homie Damien still. It's all good, bro. And he was just my dog, and like you know, it's just hard to think about cars and not think about him. So yeah, that's just it's just crazy, to me man. People have a lot of mental problems or whatever. Not even not saying that he had mental problems. I have no idea why whatever happened and why he's no longer here but um you know people having shops you know a lot of stress in life not sure how to handle shit sometimes so it's just rough man because there's a lot of people like him that own shops that you know it's a struggle so
0: buddy we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute We all know that there's tons of places you can buy your car parts at. But when you really need help, who's in your corner? When you need parts for your Honda, you need to visit Heeltoeauto.com. Since 2002, Heeltoe has built a reputation for service and support. Let me repeat that, guys. Since 2002 it's 2020 right now that's a long time of experience man these social media slingers and copycat web stores can't match Hilto's professionalism Hilto even offers a complete oem store for all your genuine parts needs whether it's for show race or just a badass daily remember that Hiltoauto.com is in your corner and guys if you're on instagram make sure you check them out at Hilto automotive please please go to their page right now add them and comment that you heard them on downtime with downstar podcast next up is downstar downstar is the premium leader in dress up hardware and engine bay accessories we have all the nuts and bolts for all your screwing and nutting needs from engine kits transmission kits mount kits clutch lines brake kits t-shirts skateboards hats lighters damn we got it all we we actually have too much guys so if you can please come over and buy some stuff at downstarring.com or check us out at instagram at downstar make sure you give us a follow now back to the show i think the biggest thing with that is talking about it you know um sure you know i've i've felt that with myself you know the stress and the pressures and um earlier in my career it was more of of me hiding it not talking to anybody and just dealing with it but then that manifests into other things you know your personality when you're around people how how you act how how short your temper is and things like that and all of that comes from you know you're dealing with stuff inside where you're not trying to trying to put that burden on anybody else but like it, it can do damage to you not talking about things you know so like everybody listening right now if you have anything that you're going through you need to find somebody even if it's somebody that you don't know somebody that you know just from online someone that you could talk to and and just just vent with you know I was talking to a buddy the other day and he was talking about like you know how it's kind of like how it's it's being a bitch to, to talk about your feelings like that's how we were raised you know as men that's how we were raised you don't talk about your feelings man up man up but like that shit doesn't do good for anybody, dude.
1: Yeah, definitely not. It definitely eats you up inside more, if anything. You know what I mean? But yeah. also, if you feel like if you try to say anything, people will be like, yo, you know, especially if you have a kid or something, they'll be like, well, what about your kid? But when you feel those type of feelings, it's not necessarily what you're thinking about, you know? What yeah. Because I mean? they eat at you every single day. But, you know, it does help to talk to people about that kind of shit, you know, and I'm, I've told people in the past, if you need anybody to talk to, you come talk to me. Yeah. Because I seem like an asshole, but at the same time, I really care about people, you know what I mean? So, yeah. it would suck to lose another friend, the struggling to something like that, you know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah, think, definitely, man, and it's always good to talk to people, and it, it's always a great feeling when somebody feels like they, they're comfortable enough to talk to you about certain things, you know, that's like, that's a huge responsibility. So if somebody ever does come to you to talk about things, try to just not not put more pressures on them. Try to take away things, you know, like when, of course, he's thinking, yeah, I have kids. Yeah, I have yeah. kids. I have fucking bills. You know, I'm going bankrupt. Whatever the fuck is going on, I know that. And I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to handle this. And that's that's why it's always good sometimes to talk to people who aren't that close to your circle who aren't that close to like your family or anything you know somebody and then even like like a therapist too real talk like I, I the way that i used to think about a therapist versus the way that i think about it now is so different dude like i really want to sign up to to see a therapist once a month and that's just to talk about anything that's going on i feel that your mind is is a muscle just like any of the rest of the parts of your body and you have to talk about things. And it's not just like hard life and death situations. It could just be like, you know what? I had this problem. I had, you know, somebody that looked at me a certain way and it made me feel like I wanted to attack them. What tools can you give me to not look at that situation that way, you know, to be able to just, just dial yourself in just like an EQ bro you're tweaking every small thing about you but when you say I'm seeing a therapist what do people think there's such a bad stigma in it yeah, yeah. They, you're go- you're crazy and yeah, you yeah. need help but it's not like that
1: yeah no I think it's normal for people like to have you know crazy thoughts or whatever you know but people can think re- really anything like I try to like be as open-minded as possible to like how other people think you know and try to understand it's like just really a lot to try to understand but you know it's not me they don't understand how i think you know what i mean so it's hard for them to you know believe that i'm trying to understand how they're thinking you know what i mean so yeah
0: and i think one of the big things that we just do need in this day and age is just compassion yeah you know um throughout across the board compassion um even for like homeless people and people on the corner you know, I used to think of them like, you know what, I'm not going to give you money. You're just going to go spend it on drugs or whatever. But how I think about it now is if I can make this person's day better, I'm going to try to make the day better. And whether it's if they buy food, if they buy a beer or whatever they fucking do with the money, yeah. at least this person is not hurting how they're hurting right now. Yeah. You know, and some could say that you're contributing to to their to their negative lifestyle or what have you but it's like i'm not i can't judge them i don't know what they've gone through i don't know what struggles they've been through
1: well unless you're this dude from phoenix that's been trying to bury his son for like who knows how many years now it's fucking crazy but the dude in phoenix has been spotted everywhere he's been trying to bury his son for like that's his sign yeah like seven years or something his, that's a sign yeah he he needs money to bury his son and it's the same dude and like people like try to run him out of there bro but he's popping up trying to bury his son for seven years bro it's like what the hell are you doing bro get out of here
0: <laughs> I f- damn
1: but who knows I feel who knows what's in his mind you know what i mean like who know like if it could to him it could still be yesterday yeah i mean like who knows what kind of like things he's struggling with in his head so
0: yeah because the first thing that comes to my mind is that well he's just trying to scam it but yeah i never even thought about that maybe he just thinks some groundhog day shit that it it just just happened
1: it was a big tragedy for him you know what i mean and just never got past it yeah exactly so And he maybe just doesn't understand. Maybe he does. You know, I don't know. I've never had a conversation with that guy or where he lives, But as far as I knew, he had a he like drove a nicer car or whatever. But who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. Know know what people are thinking. So it's crazy.
0: And even with that stuff, dude, how how I feel is like they'll get theirs. You know, It, it everything evens out how it should someday. Yeah. You know, so all you can do is just just wish for the best for people, but. You know, knowing that that they have the open line of communication with you is huge because there's a lot of people, especially in our industry, in the automotive industry, guys aren't willing to like talk about their feelings and stuff. You know, yeah, there's a lot of things that people are going through that it's just hard for them. But if they talk to somebody, especially if somebody's gone through that situation before. Yeah, they can just be like, well, this is what I did. I don't know. Maybe that will work out for you. And it's just the same exact way of, yo, my my engine is blowing this code. What do I do? It's mm-hmm. the same kind of shit, you know, but you're like trying to fix what's inside of you. And people just, c- just cover that up and think that it's going to be, it's everything's going to be good. But it's like, dude, don't change your oil. See what happens. Yeah, right. You know?
1: I mean, I don't. My shit just keeps burning it. <laughs> just keep adding it, bro. Comes out. It just comes out slow. Hey, but my CRV is bad. Like, that's probably, <laughs> like, I'm so glad. You keep talking about this well, CRV. I don't really know what I want to talk about because I don't want people to go start buying these fucking things. <laughs> They're the best, bro. CRVs are <laughs> the fucking best. Especially if you like going off road and camping and stuff. All wheel drive ones, bro, they take you anywhere. My shit will go same places as my brother's Bronco would go.
0: And has the table in it or what? It has
1: the table in it. We just used <laughs> to camp in this past weekend, bro. We went gold panning and we pulled that shit out, had a little barbecue. Fucking works out perfect, man. Good shit. I love bro. that thing. I paid five hundred dollars from this dude in fucking where was that at? Austin. Austin, Texas. Man, we left at like nine thirty on Saturday night and I told Dio Yo, I'll be there in the morning. And uh, I was like, don't sell it. Like, I'll be there in the morning. Don't sell it to anybody. And then, fucking, I said, as soon as as soon as the st- sun starts coming up, I'll give you a text or whatever. And he's like, all right, cool. And then, so in the morning, as soon as the sun came up, I shot him Texas. Like, this is where I'm at, Texas. I'm on my way. And then, what time did we get there? Uh, like 12.30 or 1. Yeah. So, get there. All I brought with me was a, it, I was either taking this thing home or it was, you know, staying there. So I didn't have any other plan. We took my TSX up there and, uh, I just brought a wire to try to jump the starter. And like, cause he was like, oh, I think there's a wiring problem or whatever. He, cause he said he tried to start it and it would just like turn slow and then it wouldn't start or whatever. Gotcha. And then, so he's like, I tried putting a new battery, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like put a new ignition in it and shit. And like, he was like stuck on the idea of it being something electrical. And I was like, all right, cool. So well then I should just be able to stick a wire and jump the starter. Did that, just turn slow exactly like he said. I was like, all right, Mike, jump in this thing. Mike jumps in it, we push-start it, starts right up.
0: <laughs> oh, shit, what did he say? Fuck. He, he was like, how
1: did you do that?
0: And I was like, uh,
1: we just push-started it. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, you never push-started a car before? Like, I was mind-blown at the fact, because I thought this dude was like my age. I'm pretty sure he's about my age, and uh, he just never even... Heard of the fact of push starting a manual car <laughs> really? to jump it, and
0: I was just like, <laughs> <sighs> "He never even tried to jump the car.
1: He, he, the starter was like seizing, you know what I mean? Uh, so it oh, he, the starter was the yeah. Issue. So when he when you when I push started, it was just like it was able to get the motor to turn and Got it, 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 it fired up or whatever. So I drove it around the block, seemed good enough to me. Paid the dude. He gave me some of the extra parts that he bought for it. And then uh, Mike hopped in the TSX and we just drove right back to Phoenix.
0: Do you know when you told me about that, I thought you just got all-wheel drive stuff? And I'm like, oh, damn, that's a hell of a good deal. And you're like, oh, I got the whole car. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm down.
0: <laughs> yep. What a deal, dude. Yep. Hell yeah, bro. So um, I want to get back into Mike SI's car. All right. Um. So what I was saying with all of these builds that you did, when you started working on Mike SI's car, what was your mentality like? What was your goal like? What 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 did you want this car to represent?
1: Uh, I don't know. Just uh, be better than the last one I built. I don't know. I was always just trying to do better than the last car that I built. You know what I mean? And Mike had good ideas. I had good ideas, and we just collabed on it, and it just became what it became. You know what I mean? Got so, you. He had ideas and just same thing you know i'd tell him my opinion on why that wasn't good versus why this is good you know what i mean and uh we just ended up with the final result which is what it is you know what i mean yeah so um there's just that one was just planned out more from the be- beginning like we saw a vision from the beginning
0: got you and
1: when we were done it was what we visioned it to be you know what i mean so
0: got you yeah i if i'm not mistaken that car was debuted at SEMA.
1: Uh, yeah. SEMA. That was a good time.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause my shop got broken into 30 days. Yeah. Let's talk SEMA. about that. dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, that morning when I was headed, I was, Mike aside, was staying with me cause we had just got Mike's car back from my candy and, um, I don't remember what day exactly or whatever, but the car was just back. All of Mike's parts were inside my showroom, and uh, he was he was headed to my shop to go start working on his car, and I was already headed to my bank in the morning, Arizona Federal, to pay him some money towards a loan that I
0: had. Okay.
1: And uh, I was sitting at Arizona Federal when Mike had got to my shop and he called me, said that my shop got broken into. And uh, I was just like, holy shit. And he was like, it doesn't look like they took anything. And then he's like, oh, shit, bro. All your tools are gone. And oh, I was like, fuck. And so by the time I get there, I told the lady, I was like, yo, I got to go. By the time I get there, the cops are already gone from my fucking shop, bro. Like, it's like Arizona Federal's on Bell and like 59th Avenue. My shop's on 32nd Street and fucking I-10. So them to be gone they weren't even there when i fucking when mike was there you know what i mean they showed up right after mike got off the phone with me and then ravi was there and then ravi had told him yo the tools got stolen doesn't look like much else that got stolen or whatever and they like stole a couple things off like the um, the tables or whatever yeah um like my desk and shit but uh by the time i got there they were gone so within like 20 30 minutes these cops have like you know came there Okay, tools are gone. They left. They didn't take any pictures of anything. They didn't fucking try doing fingerprints or anything or anything. So basically what happened is they dumped out my garbage cans, loaded up my fucking tools inside of the fucking garbage cans out of my toolbox, and then dragged my fucking tools out the fucking door. like you could see the drag marks from the toolbox all the way out the fucking door like I had shiny epoxy floor or whatever so you could see the fucking drag marks. And they stole my tools And then they fucking looked inside of Jay's car Like they fucking stepped on one car And then opened the door On Jay's car on the passenger side Which I'm not going to go into too much detail About who I think did it Because I'm pretty positive Like I'm fucking 100% positive I know who did it And fucking um, You know Because there's only certain reasons why they would do certain things Like look in the passenger side of Jay's car Or Take the helmet that was in my showroom. That was there specifically, their helmet. You know what I mean? Like stepped on Mugen Jose's Mugen fucking CRX bumper to grab a fucking helmet. Like I wouldn't need to step on a fucking Mugen bumper to grab a helmet that's right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. People try accuse me of fucking breaking into my own shop and steal my own fucking tools, bro. And that fucking that shit bothers me. Really? I mean? Yeah, like. To me, like it just it it doesn't ever make sense to me because that does that's what I need to operate every day. And like my homie Ravi, he was managing my shop at the time and fucking um you know, he had to loan me fucking hand tools to try to get Mike's car done for fucking SEMA. I was like so stressed out thirty days before and, like, for people to sit there and think that I fucking broke into my own shop, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's mind-blowing mind to me because I need my fucking tools. Like, this is my livelihood to fucking live, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I need that shit. And a lot of the tools that are stolen were also, like, tools that were, like, hand-me-down from my dad, you know what I mean? So, it's just fucking—it's just hard in general, bro. And then, fucking, they hear, like, friends, like, old friends that were, like, you think were friends saying that to people, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, like— why would you even say that like to me it's mind blowing you know what i mean and just like it bothered me a lot and like my homie mike right here i had no tools for a long time after my fucking shop, bro after after that shit happened i didn't have anything and like i basically lived in the back of my fucking dad's garage like you know poor me fucking didn't have no fucking money and was just like trying to get by and fucking, uh i didn't have no tools till my homie fucking hooked me up with tools that he had and fucking ever since then, bro, I've been motivated to do more work ever since then. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. like, I didn't ask him to fucking give me no tools. You know what I mean? I didn't even know he had any, he didn't even use them and he didn't even, didn't even need them. You know what I mean? And he fucking hooked me up for him and I've been grateful for that shit. You know what I mean? And fucking, me mean, the homie hang out every single day. So, or pretty much every day, you know what I mean? And, uh, that just helped me be able to get back on track Working on shit again, you know, what I mean because I just didn't have the money to go buy tools and like yeah, it was just hard time for me and um, I don't know man, like I even sold my toolbox like my orange toolbox this guy. He runs a podcast called c10 It's a c10 talk. Okay, and uh, my orange toolbox. I used to have I bought that for Like a birthday present for myself, you know from snap-on like years prior when I had my first shop across from low cash and uh I just ended up selling that shit for like 2,500 bucks, bro. It was on fucking Craigslist forever and fucking he liked orange too. And he fucking had C10, uh, that C10 talk podcast and fucking, you know, I like C10s too. And fucking, uh, he was a cool dude. So I just fucking let him take it for 2,500 bucks and fucking, I think he still has it in his garage, but damn man, I missed that box. That shit was tight. So it was just tight to have that. And like, you know, part of what I was doing and growing. You yeah. I mean, so,
0: it seems like um, when you go through tough times that there's always a bright light at the end of it, you know, and that bright light ended up um, with all the, um, the accolades that you got from building Mike SI's car. I think after that car, it definitely um, cemented you as uh, one of the, the top builders in the Honda community. Um, you know for all the details that went through that car the debut at SEMA you know driving it across country you guys drove all the way to Philly you know we did the show out there Eibach yeah and uh, then you went to our TE after that like that's that's putting in actual work dude yeah and uh, that was huge like that whole car was huge the guy the I have it Somewhere in one of the cases, I think it's that case right there, the magazine. And it's, I had you sign the cover of it, yeah, of yeah, Super Street that. with the photo shoot you guys did downtown. I think that that's a Honda issue, right?
1: Yeah, the Super Street. Issue. Super Street yeah, Honda Super issue. Street, yeah, yeah. That's huge, dude. Yeah, that's the first time I've been in Super Street. So that's pretty tight. You know what I mean? Like after Honda Tuning shut down, um, I was in the second to the last issue with that, with Jay's car and um, Ryan's car from my and then, uh, you know, it was the Integra Jay's Integra and Ryan's Integra. Mm-hmm. And then Michael blanks car was on top. And then mm-hmm. after that, I'd never been to super street prior to that. And like, I didn't know, you know, like I didn't never even knew anybody from super street or whatever. And yeah, uh, they wanted to shoot Mike's car downtown. Um, I forget the location now, but it's,
0: it's, yeah, it's like, uh, like third street bridge or something. It's really, uh, it's the underground right there, downtown, un- under the freeway. Yeah, It's like a famous spot right there.
1: Yeah, they did a Batman there, was it? Maybe, when, probably. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I remember the time, but I don't remember what it was now. But it ended up being a pretty tight spot. Um, Yeah, that's pretty sick. And I didn't know it was going to be on the cover. Or did I? No, I didn't. Maybe. can't remember yeah. right now. But I know for the Honda tuning ones, I didn't know that one until it came out but, uh, being on the cover of super street was tight. It's just, I've never even thought prior that was going to be a possibility. And, uh, when we started building Mike S high's car, we had originally sought out to try to be on the cover Honda tuning, but they had canceled it. You know what I mean? He was just like, Oh shit. And you know, what are we going to do? I was like, well, you know, super street, you know, still, still available. We could try to, you know, aim for that. And, uh, so that's what we did, and it worked out. You know what I mean?
0: Hell yeah, bro. That's that's history right there. Because, it's pretty tight. You know, we don't have any more print now.
1: Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, man, I love print so much. I just... It's pretty tight just to be able to pick up your magazine, you, yeah. know, you know, off the shelf or whatever and see what you built. So it was a good feeling. And just growing up, being able... You know, my dad having all the Hot Rod magazines and everything and uh, always getting those in the mail and seeing the cars in there and, you know... um it's just crazy that that's just gone. Yeah, I don't really go online. At least when it was a magazine, I still read like what was in it. Um, Online, I just scroll and look at the pictures, you know, I don't sit there and try to read anything online. So. um.
0: They do actually do really good features online now. Um, Rodrez, he's still doing the articles and uh, it's pretty dope because you'll actually get way more pictures than you would in the magazine. But it's, you don't, there's something different about the physical and it's undeniable, you know, having the physical magazine there and something that you could show years on end. Yeah.
1: Physical copy, man. I've got multiple (laughs) physical copies of every, every one, you know what I mean? And like, I just like to be able to have that open it up and look at it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's nice not to be like staring at my phone like this. So, you know, it's cool just to be able to have this show my kid, Hey, this is. You know, this is what Dad did. You know what I mean. So,
0: so um, in the Honda community, who are some people that you um, that you look at their builds and you um, think they're a total piece of shit? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, they're really good builders.
1: Just on the record, I don't really think anything's a total piece of <laughs> shit. But I, I call everything a piece of shit. Like that's just my mentality. Just like oh, things, you called like, my in the street <laughs> the <car a> piece <laughs> Yeah, I was right? like, what are you playing? <laughs> Do this piece of shit like. <laughs> That's what I do. I call it a piece of shit. It doesn't have anything to do with how nice <laughs> it is or anything. Everything's a piece of shit to me because it's probably had some kind of headache with it along the way. You know yeah. what I mean? So they're just Hondas, man. Love, hate. So. But who
0: are some builders that you look, um, that you think are doing a, a great job in the Honda community?
1: They're doing a great job. Let me see. You know, I don't really keep up too much nowadays, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. I mean, just overall coming up. Um, I mean, I only watch usually Friends or whatever that are around,
1: but um, Castro Style yeah. and Kevin and them from, um, my bad. I can't remember too much right now.
0: <laughs> it's all good.
1: <laughs> um, Players Club. There we go. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, they've actually been coming out with some really cool stuff. They're, they seem like they're very detail-oriented and spend a lot of time on very small pieces that others wouldn't and that's that's really cool of them for sure
1: yeah they're local to me you know what i mean so like i i try i'm trying to pay attention a lot more to the people that are local to me you know what i mean like when i build my cars i want to try to stay as local as possible so yeah um they're just uh they're local to me and they're doing a good job you know what i mean yeah so um i'm not sure where they're at right now in the process of working on the cars but i know kevin was making process on his you know, Bay, you know, he's getting stuff done. So, um,
0: very cool. It'd yeah. be tight
1: to see if he got it done for IBOC. I'm not sure if that's what his plan is or if they're planning to do that right now. Like I said, I haven't been, I haven't been following along too much. And like, I've been just trying to do my own thing. I'm trying to get my own projects done that yeah. I got to do. Cause I still got projects left that I got to do, but like, I've just, you know, I scroll through sometimes, but really when I'm scrolling through my phone, it's just my mind's thinking about something else and I'm just scrolling for. Yeah. I'm just looking, you know, I'm not even really fucking paying attention. So, um, I feel you. I'm really thinking about what I'm trying to do with the projects that I got to do at the house and like how I'm going to get done doing what I'm doing. So. You know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So we were were talking uh, yesterday, and it seems like the car show season season is going to start in September. Yeah, yeah. So uh, do you you got anything cooking for September? Nope. (laughs) All right.
1: Am I supposed to? No.
0: (laughs) I love it, bro. (laughs) We miss you in the Honda community, man. Thanks, we, got, we got to see you back in this. It'd dude. be tight
1: to build something again. You know what I mean? I love Hondas, and there's not like there's not a lot of people like you know. We do stuff for SEMA, like we go to SEMA, we see who's building stuff, and it'd be tight just to be involved doing you know SEMA builds that represent yeah the Honda community still. You know what I mean? Because I like doing that. I like to inspire people when I build my cars. So you know if whatever I'm been doing is inspiring people to build better, then that's what I want to be doing. So, yeah. That's what I'm excited for.
0: Hell yeah, bro! Fucking a. Well, Randy, it um, we got a lot more covered in Hell this yeah. episode than we did 170 episodes ago. Oh, <laughs> shit,
1: we didn't order no donuts.
0: We didn't order no donuts. You
1: know, all I got was a sorry ass fucking candy, bro. Can you zoom in on this at the end? <laughs> this shit is horrible. I don't I know, know what happened to series. it. It you was my senior. Senior my no, kid. No good candy or nothing. <laughs>
0: My Kit Kat decoration from Japan, but I'm pretty sure it's from like three years ago. So it's just, it's definitely decayed over time. But, uh, RC, I look forward to, uh, what you have in your back pocket, man. Okay. Uh, hopefully we see something cool come out in September.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Fuck and, yeah. Uh, hopefully <laughs> it's hot as hell in Phoenix, bro. I need to get out of that place. Hell yeah. You know bro. So damn. Hopefully. For soon. sure,
0: brother. So, um, before we get out of here, can you tell people where they could find you at?
1: Uh, Like currently or in like three months?
0: No, like your Instagram.
1: (laughs) (laughs) RCG underscore motorsports.
0: RCG underscore motorsports. Okay, cool. That is it. All right, bro, We uh, let's get out of here and let's go do some fun stuff. Yeah, right. But um, get out
1: here, bro, and try to enjoy this. Like, <laughs> this is California
0: man. weather, man. Feels a so good. Big uh, big shout-out to our sponsor, Heeltoe Automotive. Been around since 2002, supplying you guys with your Honda parts. Make sure you guys hit them up if you need any help. They uh, have a really interactive website where they can help you on, on demand right there. So make sure you guys check them out, hilltoauto.com, or on Instagram, Heelto Automotive and um oh shit before before we get out of here guys if you guys are listening right now we just started a cult for downstar so it's an actual cult um i'm changing the uh stigma of cults so hopefully you're not gonna have to uh, kill yourself at the end of this cult and we're not gonna sleep with your wives so if you want to join the cult and this this cult is going to give you um the exclusives on products that we're going to come out with links before they drop to the public giveaways uh meets bunch of cool stuff like that basically this is our own social media because uh, everything just gets lost on instagram so if you guys want to join the cult we're capping it at a thousand contacts we're at 420 right now you give us a text right now text us 818-403-3473 and it's actually us behind the text no bullshit and uh let's connect guys so make sure you text us once again 818-403-3473 Please check out Heel Toe Automotive and uh, show my guy RC some support, show him some encouragement, and get him back into this Honda community, man. We need him. It's, a, it, man. it's a drought out here, bro. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Downtime with Downstar episode 175. We out. Peace.